Hello and welcome to Selfie Development, a podcast about the weird and wonderful world of wellness and self-improvement. Each episode we'll be looking at different topics and asking what actually works and what is kind of bullshit. I'm Katie Gordon, a yoga teacher and coach. I'm Annabelle Lee. I write about wellness and I used to be a yoga teacher. Come and find us at Selfie Development Pod on Instagram where we'd absolutely love to hear from you. We're talking self-development but kind of sceptical, asking if it really helps, cutting to the chase and seeing if working on yourself can really be a force for good. Are you ready for some selfie development? I'm ready. Ready. Ready to study get. Well, you're trying to find a gong to gong because today... I just ping my cup. Pinging. We're talking about sound, sound bath, sound healing, sound therapy, all the way through to primal screams, screaming therapy. (laughs) Sound bath seem to have had a, like explosion of interest they're everywhere i mm. look <laughs> i think there's a couple of studios that just do sound baths in london lovely mm. uh they seem to be the new thing to do if you want to go and do something nice for yourself maybe with your pals so we thought this would be a good topic to get into um we are going to talk a bit about what sound baths are um how they work we're going to get into some science. Um, Katie has done I'm going to try my best <laughs> to explain <laughs> some science. And then we're going to talk about from lying down and relaxing to screaming your heart out and whether we need a bit of both to help us be well. What, lying down and screaming? Or maybe well, both think... at once. <laughs> well, I think the primal... Sc- I read something that said, like, you should scream in a warrior pose. <laughs> it's, like, meant to be the like optimum. Like, power, power, power scream. Pose, power scream. Mm. Get it all out. I mean, worth a try. Have you been to sound baths? I have been to a gong bath, a couple of gong baths, and in the interest of research, I went to an online sound bath um, last week, which I did from my bed, which was delightful. Yeah. So I had my headphones on and listened to a teacher playing. She plays the Tibetan bowls, so the, there's lots of different bowls. Hers are metal Tibetan bowls made in Tibet by people who've been making them for hundreds of years. Yeah. You, I think, have been to crystal bowls? Yeah, my first experience was uh, I went to a gong... Bath. Sorry, the dog's in the studio. Yeah. Here a little. Betty's here. Our co-host. Cockapoos of selfie development. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to a gong bath quite a what gosh, m- many years ago. Um which was okay. And then I have since been to, yeah, some crystal bowl sound bus which I really enjoyed and I think at those I was very comfy I was warm because often in a sound bath what happens is you go to a space or you, or you can do it on at home yeah. online and you lie down so if you're somewhere public you'll generally be lying on a yoga mat so comfort I think is a really important part of like the experience that you're yeah, gonna have for sure yeah, I, sp- I think I'm sure that part of what we talk about is going to be the nervous system. And I think part of getting out of 
the sympathetic, get this the right way around, nervous system, which is the fight or flight one I think people know it as, and into the parasympathetic or rest and digest is to do with being warm, comfortable, feeling safe, all those kinds of things. Yes, totally. So if you don't feel like that, you're probably not going to be that relaxed. Yeah. There's the really, like, iconic scene from Eat, Pray, Love. You know, you haven't seen it. Oh, my (laughs) God. Well, also, yeah, also, I'm that's that's bad of me because I should obviously have referenced the uh, original text, which is obviously the book by wow, Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh my, anyway, uh, there's a bit in the book slash movie where um, the um, main character goes to an ashram in India to find herself, yeah. and she's meditating. And there's a big thing about like she's being like bitten by mosquitoes, and she's really trying to not move and a lot of I think what a lot of preconceptions about you know self-development or spirituality or meditation will be like you have to sit there like completely still Mm -hmm. when actually just moving that tiny little you know doing that wriggle or like getting that blanket is going to make you be much more able to get into that state for sure yeah I mean I teach restorative yoga which is different but functions along similar lines and I'm always like, if you need to move, move. Like, if you're cold, get a blanket. Like, it's much better to be doing that than, than like, sitting there thinking, thinking about it. my left leg, I can't feel my leg, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that maybe that's a good place to start on. Mm. Because I think one thing, when I was thinking about sound therapy, sound, this kind of explosion in, like, sound work, Okay. was the... I think sometimes like unhelpful term of like sound healing because I think maybe sometimes this is maybe just me but sometimes people can go into uh, an experience and assume that everything is going to be instantly like healed yeah (laughs) within their body so I have um like a chronic hip issue at the moment and sometimes maybe historically I've gone into something gonna fix it right but it's not necessarily i think my thinking has changed now around it in that it's not necessarily that it's about allowing yourself as you said to get into that parasympathetic nervous system so you can figure it all out your body can figure its shit out i don't think that's just you i think that's how it's sold sometimes as like let me put a bowl on your hip and it'll all go away i mean i think that's part of the yeah. problem, isn't it, that some people do say that? Yeah. I don't think any of the people that that we've talked to would say that, but um, but yeah, as in all of these things, there are the less responsible practitioners. Totally. Yeah, and that was something else that came up. I know when we did a bit of research into this was that um, one of the issues in this space now can be that because it's getting so popular people who maybe aren't trained just oh what a surprise (laughs) (laughs) people who aren't trained trying to make money yeah and I think maybe because it is quite an abstract thing in a sense like you're not you know it's it's making sounds and I and I think that if you're it, it can be easier to think maybe you know what you're doing. I guess, I guess, like, if you think of modern art, there's that thing of, like, well, it's just lines on a page, anyone can do that. And you could say the same thing about sandbars, it's just banging a bowl, like, anyone can do that. Yeah. 
but obviously both of those things have more to them than like yeah the very simplistic idea of that totally yeah and I (laughs) said to you when I after I finished my yoga teacher training I was at like a yoga event and I bought myself a little (laughs) gong bowl and thought I knew what I was doing and it's just like I cringe now when I think about it but I think that that it is an art and a science Mm. is sound sound you working with sound and yeah making sure as you know as we often say like making sure that the person that you're going to knows what they're doing I just got an image of you like sat with your mala beads and your (laughs) namaste in bed with your your, (laughs) with your bowl um, yeah, everything we hate is me immediately after qualifying as a yoga teacher. Well, you know, some people are still doing that 10 years later. So, you know, at least you've moved on. Growth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so shall we talk a bit about um, some of the science? Uh, okay, I'm going to try. Right. So one of the people that I spoke to um, who does Tibetan bowls i think that's the right word for it um is also a scientist so it was really helpful talking to her especially as a massive cynic about most things because she was talking about the sound waves and something that was really helpful that she mentioned that i hope i'm going to do justice to is if you think about an ultrasound so like when you see a baby if you have a baby or maybe you have one on your um, body elsewhere to look inside. And that is sound waves. So you're creating a picture through sound. And that sort of helped me to think of it as something that isn't just like made up. Yeah. So these sound waves are like projected and then they're used to build up an image by some sort of magic inside a device. I don't know how that's done. So she mentioned that and I was like, okay, yeah, fine. And then, so she said that her experience was not so much based in science, but she, through experiencing herself, that's where she began to believe that it it worked really well for her. Um, So the bowls are made from seven different metals, each of which has a different resonance, which means that they vibrate at different frequencies. Some are faster, some are slower. And so when you hit the bowl you're hitting all these different metals or they're hitting each other and that produces different frequencies. So it's not like you're like banging a spoon on a something else metal, cup of tea or some other metal. And then something called brain entrainment is how your brain interprets sound. So it works by pulsing different sounds into each ear. So you're hearing different things in each ear to stimulate the brain into different states of consciousness. And I think if you practice yoga nidra or restorative yoga or things like that, you might have heard of delta waves and theta waves, different brain waves, which are all to do with different states of consciousness that you can move into in these practices. Okay, so bear with me. So something like the things that are kind of trendy on TikTok are like binaural beats and brown noise. Yeah. That we Like for ADHD, have you yeah. heard of that? Yeah, there's a trending sound on Instagram at the moment, which is like, it's like a parable song. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Random. But it's sung really beautifully and it's like, 
I, oh my god, as <laughs> if I'm singing, but it's like I should be over roll the butterfly, and it goes all like weird, and then you turn your phone around and it goes into different like the sounds coming out of different things, okay, different parts of it, and I then went down this loop. It's really cool, and you can watch these reels and turn your phone on the. There's the a side. different sound when it's on the side. Yeah, it's really right. weird, and okay. it kind of goes in and out of your ears. And then I went on like a little Insta rabbit hole, wormhole, <laughs> <laughs> and um, found a psychologist was talking about that, about how that can really help to sort of regulate what's going on in your brain, especially if you are neurodivergent, for example, for people with ADHD, that can mm. be very helpful, um, which I just thought was fascinating because it just sounds quite nice. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the idea that that's actually really helping you to regulate, I found fascinating. Yeah, well, it's like you use white noise with babies. I don't really know what the difference between white and brown noise No, I'm is. not sure what brown noise is. I know there's a lot of discussion around, like, sensory overwhelm, and mm. there's actually seven different senses, not five. Oh, my God. It's okay. really interesting because right. there's, like, proprioception, which is yeah. about inside the body... It's awareness of your body in space. Yeah, yeah. and then there's another one. Which Enteroception. Is, I think so. Yeah. So there's all of these things going on in our bodies all the time. Mm. And the idea that you can help, I think, especially for neurodivergent people, but it's very helpful, I think, for neurotypical people as well, all people yeah. really, the idea that you might be overwhelmed with a certain sense and coming back to sort of help you regulate that. Okay. It's fascinating. Yeah. But that's another topic for discussion yeah it's all quite complex isn't it well I, I mean I don't know about you but I used white noise when I had a child to get him to sleep I, I don't I know if it worked or sheep. not I had that you in oh god who didn't have that sheep <laughs> I mean, my children just never slept <laughs> yeah my I mean mine still doesn't but sometimes I put white noise on if I am finding it hard to sleep I do think it, it sort of works for me sometimes so anyway back to my normal beats <laughs> So, the brain perceives the two different sounds as a single tone. So, it seems like this sound overloads the brain and then your brain responds by slowing down. And apparently this is also how you tune instruments. So, I don't know the complexities of that, but if you do know how you tune instruments, maybe that makes sense to you. Send us a message on Instagram <laughs> and tell us. Yeah, so this is... This is all quite complicated. I don't really understand it. And maybe it would be helpful to have someone else explain it next season a bit more. Yeah. So, and there are other physiological changes. So, like, the speed of your breath, your blood pressure, your nervous system, which also happen in states of relaxation. So, effectively, you're entering a state of, of relaxation um, and your brainwaves change. And the person that I spoke to also said that this is where it starts to get a little bit fuzzy. So she says she reads the energy in the room and plays according to what she feels she picks up. She said that some people will ask what's going on for the person, but she prefers to do it and then ask afterwards how they felt. And she said she had... A couple of examples of stuff working really amazingly. So a one-to-one -one with someone playing the sacral bowl. So they're associated with the chakras. Oh, each, so the each seven bowl, metals are... Each bowl is aligned with a different chakra. Okay, so there's seven. Because there's seven metals. 
Seven chakras. There's seven metals in each bowl. Seven bowls. Yeah. Seven chakras. Okay. Each bowl aligns with a chakra. Yeah. Please feel free to correct me at any point, anyone, if I'm getting any of this wrong. So she was playing the sacral bowl and got an image of a traumatic birth coming up when she was playing for this person. And the client got a bit upset afterwards. And then a friend who she knew said that this person had a traumatic birth and was suffering from PTSD. Mm. So, you know, she read the energy and then kind of responded to it. And then she said, this this was five years prior, and she said that the client had had the best sleep in Mm. five years afterwards. The same with chronic shoulder pain, where someone slept through the night for the first time in several years. And she buys all her bowls from this family in Tibet who've been making them for 600 years. So... It's not like off Amazon Marketplace, just some random... Like mine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And there's differences in the purity of the metals produce different sounds. Yeah. And there are some people who think that the bowls heal as well. And I think the person I spoke to was, you know, a sensible human being who is, who's not going to make any outlandish claims. But I think there's a guy who she mentioned that doesn't say that they cure cancer, but he's used them alongside traditional therapies and has said that they would contribute to treatment for yeah. cancer. So, like, not, you know, not wild, but just a bit, like, a bit... Yeah, slightly towards the less uh, ethical side. But I think, I mean, sure, why not have a sound bath? And I looked at a few bits of research. So there is one about people who are scared of uh, anaesthetic. Yeah. Being anaesthetic. I can't say that word. Anesthetized. Being under anesthetic. Yeah. And that turned out that, you know, the positive result from that and um, there's a decrease in anxiety. And there is one study which we can link in the notes that is a systematic review. So if you don't know what that is, that is when somebody looks at all of the literature available that they can find, goes through it, sees what the evidence is. So that's quite a good thing to, to kind of look at. And they basically said... There's not that many studies. There could be bias. We can't recommend them. But the evidence suggests positive benefits. Um, So let's do some more study. So they said improvements in distress, positive and negative effect. So that's feeling good or bad. Um, Anxiety, depression, fatigue, tension, anger, confusion and vigour. (laughs) Whatever that is. A bit vigorous. I don't know. How's your vigour? I mean... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I would just say energy, but sure. Were reported as were improvements in blood pressure, heart rate, respiratory rate, peripheral, capillary, oxygen saturation, so levels of oxygen, cutaneous conductance, and anterior frontal alpha values, whatever those last two things are. like something to do with your brain. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the research so far seems to suggest, yeah, yeah. It's nice to have a sound bath. It'll probably make you feel a bit better. Yeah. 
So yeah, what did what was what did you find out in your little dig? Yeah, my dig. Well, so I I spoke to somebody who I have been to sound baths with before, and interestingly, she told me that she tends to call them um, things like soundscapes or like sound baths rather than using that like we were talking about before, like healing. Yeah, because she is very aware of like you know the. I guess the words that we use around this yeah. kind of stuff. And I, yeah, I have been to her uh, sound baths a few times and I have really enjoyed them. She plays the crystal singing bowls. I don't know much, I must admit, about how they're made up, but they are very beautiful to look at. You've probably seen them on Instagram. They can be these beautiful colours. And again, I think they do tend often to be like connected with the chakras. But one thing that I thought was really interesting from from that discussion was that she was saying to me, you can't do a sound bath wrong. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You can't, as lo- once you're there, once you're committed, once you're lying down on your mat or on your bed or wherever, you have already done the hard work, which we talk about in yoga a lot you know once you're there you've done it you've done the hard bit you've sort of committed and actually what you're doing is you're sort of by going to a sound bath you're committing to relax yeah (laughs) for an hour yeah yeah and we're so busy you know we're so stressed we're so in our heads all the time like overanalyzing things even you know what we do just constantly is think about everything Um, and she said actually to try and let go get out of your head get into your body and as you were saying before, kind of really getting into the parasympathetic nervous system so that you you can just, you know, you can just be, you can just experience. Yeah. And so she was saying that the body is two-thirds water, which conducts vibration mm. very well. And then, like you were saying, that it synchronises with the brainwaves. And, yeah, she was just saying that it's really blossomed a lot. She was doing online sound sessions and does in-person sound sessions it's really blossomed I think over the pandemic where people were being a bit more introspective maybe looking for ways to like release a bit of tension or find ways to relax that they could do at home and just soothing and letting ourselves kind of be which is so hard I think especially if you're like prone to overthinking um yes (laughs) hi welcome (laughs) you're in the right place yeah I think there's definitely something to be said for being like held in a space to allow relaxation I mean you could say the same about like some yoga classes restorative yoga yoga nidra those different practices where like you're basically being given permission to lie down and you kind of have to like you yeah. can't get out your phone or anything yeah whereas if you're doing it at home like get an instagram alert or or yeah. someone rings the doorbell i saw a story it's a it's a bit old now but i remember seeing a story where a gym had launched these new classes which were like just naps <laughs> basically right so you could just go and like just you just lay down and then go like, snuggle in the Snuggle. Well, I think they were blankets. All oh, right, not with like not with someone some else. Random... <laughs> the instructor's coming yeah. over for a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> Check out our ethics and boundaries. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, that so... sign me up. I'm there. I know. Yeah, it sounds lovely. I was prepared to be quite skeptical about sound baths, mm. although I love them. Literally love them. 
I think they are fun because there's something nice that you can do together with people. The person I spoke to said that she's done like baby showers, um, sound baths. So I think, you know, they're a nice thing to do. I've got it for people for birthday presents before. So they're a nice, I think they're a nice communal thing. I know you've had, you do them sometimes here in the studio. Yeah, 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 very popular, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in the interests of research, I did one um, from my bed and... I really enjoyed it and I've had a stressful few weeks for various reasons and I've felt better since. But I also found, which is not a criticism of sound baths or the facilitator, but I found it really hard to switch my brain off. Mm. And I was slightly coming, like trying to stop myself from coming out of it. Yeah. Which says more about me than anything else. But um, so I enjoyed it, but I also found it quite difficult. Because I was like, really, just enjoy it, absorb it, relax. And then I was like, oh, it's annoying that I can't. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I felt better. I would definitely do it again. And she picked up on stuff afterwards. So she didn't ask me anything before we started. And then afterwards, she said, you know, how was it? And she said that she had just played, there's a grounding bowl. She said that she played that and, like, whenever she stopped playing it, she felt like she had to play it again, which totally made sense to me because I feel like my mind was in a thousand mm. places and I'm trying to make decisions and, and feeling confused. And so that totally made sense to me. And there's no evidence, but I kind of believe it. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. I would absolutely do it again, especially from bed because I just rolled over yeah went to sleep lovely slept really well but I wonder how much of that was having the space held for me being able to relax and then also having a great night's sleep you know yeah with young children it doesn't happen that often so I suppose I wonder like specifically with a sound bath as opposed to doing a restorative yoga class or having a massage or something they're all different but I wonder how much it's so hard to quantify and maybe we don't need to and maybe I'm overthinking it here like everything else um, but like how much of that is due to the sound how much of that is due to just being allowed to relax yeah. almost like forced because you can't get up halfway through and be like I'm just gonna put a dishwasher on totally yeah I think that was that was something that came up in my conversation around mm. it was that being told to relax like no it's like when someone tells you to smile right you know when like a guy on the street's like smile or in a yoga class they're like now you're feeling really relaxed yeah like i'm fucking not i know (laughs) so the the person i was speaking to said allow yourself to rest which i thought was interesting just about the wording and you know like when you're being told you know meditate now get your mind yeah it's so hard clear your mind yes and relax yes yeah, and I think the the other thing that I haven't explored in depth, but I think it's important that we talk about briefly because we can't cover every single kind of sound um, in 40 minutes. But, you know, there are a lot of Indigenous communities that use sound, voice, prayer, instruments as ceremony, healing, well-being like for example the didgeridoo in aboriginal communities in australia or the cherokees um voice and song 
and I think some Inuit communities have like a special song that they do so there are lots of those kinds of things that are that have been practiced for Mm. hundreds of years that have you know no research done on them or little research that people think works so and they enjoy so they do it and I think it would be really interesting to explore that further and the other thing that I came across that I just thought was interesting because it kind of fits in a bit about the yoga industry is that I was looking for teachers and practitioners that are from Tibet, India. I think sandbars originated in ancient Egypt. Okay. So it's, it's something that has gone back in different formats, different societies in different ways. And there are a lot of people whose lineage is learning from Indian Tibetan teachers, but I couldn't really find anyone who was from the communities where it originated. And I don't know if that is because these things are mainly practiced in monasteries and and not, you know, you don't pay whatever, £4,000 to go and teach go and learn how to play the sound bowls in a monastery. Yeah. Or quite why that was. But I think it's interesting because it's the same thing with yoga of, like, how many, you know, people like us, like, white women... Yeah. ...are practising and teaching this stuff. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And I think... I just think it's something interesting to think. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. Like, in, like I was taught to teach yoga by a, a, a white woman. Mm. I'm a white woman. That is an issue that it does need to be considered for sure. And it does make sense. And I can imagine that in some teacher trainings, that means that the practice is like quite detached from what it originally was or it's diluted or there's changes that have been made by taking these things that are like really ancient important practices and then making them into a course that you can sell yeah because it's become very you know so much of wellness it's become very like goopified hasn't it it's become very like you know a bougie thing <laughs> that you do with your group of friends or whatever you know it, it's it, it is quite hard to retrace that and and hold on to that I think mm. appropriately yeah the person that I talked to said that a lot of the sound healers in inverted commas were like the hippies of the 60s and 70s that came back and brought these things so I guess even then there's probably a spectrum of people who've like bought a sound bowl have brought it back yeah or the people that have actually done training and and learned from people who know how to do it totally yeah I think that is completely valid I think it's also you know important to say that sound is a spectrum isn't it so there are I completely agree with you on like the bowls and the heritage and there's also you know other sounds that maybe are more like traditional to our heritage like maybe singing Mm. hymns (laughs) we don't want to do that (laughs) you know no I don't no but it's but there are like pagan rituals I don't know about any specific sound ones but I'm sure that there are yeah, actually, one of the sound, one of the gong bars that I went to once was incorporated song, and the songs that were incorporated were like pagan songs. It was quite interesting. Mm. It was all sort of Anglo-Saxon, like, but that feels a bit different. It feels a bit. I think that there is 
and again, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I think that there is some evidence on the nervous system, like singing and voice work stimulating the parasympathetic <laughs> nervous system. Yeah. That's why, like, you feel so good when you go. It's rare that I go to church. What to choir? No, but like you know, if you ever go to a like wedding and your friends are Christian and they have hymns and sometimes you sing it and you're like oh my god I feel really good or, or like you know like evangelical choirs yeah you get this like rush and you feel good like communal singing does make yeah. you feel good or maybe dancing around your kitchen singing yeah screaming yeah. something you know yeah that brings us actually to screaming screaming <laughs> so I read a saw a really interesting article uh, on the Guardian called Rage Rooms and Primal Screams, how stressed out workers are letting off steam. So there's a new screamatorium <laughs> that's been launched in London where you can go basically and just like scream <laughs> into a room. Okay. Um, kind of like karaoke, but with screaming. Yeah. So you've got your padded room. Yeah, okay. and you just scream. It reminded me a bit of, um, oh, there's like a scene in Sex Education when, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, you know when Eric and his boyfriend go and they like shoot, they're just like shooting stuff and they're just like, I was just like letting go and just mm. get it all out. And so yeah, this idea of like scream therapy, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that this is like massively making a comeback. That you're going to start doing like screaming sessions. Was it a comeback? Was it a thing before? So the primal scream is, is that what primal scream is named after? Yeah. So the primal scream is a was a book and it's quite a controversial form of therapy and I think it has basically been disproven but this is basically the idea that you you scream and that helps you get back and it helps you like unlock childhood trauma so primal, oh for god's sake yeah okay, of course fine. Yeah. <laughs> childhood trauma klaxon <laughs> yeah yeah we need like a childhood trauma bell yeah. or a child gong. bell yeah <laughs> Yeah, so that was the book published in 1970. So Yoko Ono and John Lennon did Primal Scream okay. therapy. Sure, of course. course. Yeah. So, yeah, to be honest, I'm not sure. But I then read this other really interesting article. Again, uh, I think it was on the in The Observer, actually, which is called Carry On Screaming Why Letting It Out, Especially For Women, Can Make You Calmer and Happier. Mm. So it's a really, really interesting article, this one. And it's written by a behavioural scientist who talks about discharging emotions, triggering a neurophysical response and the release of pent-up anger helps you to do it consciously rather than just, you know, when you're angry and then you just, like, make bad choices or you're not... Shout you, your kids. Yeah. yeah. So it's like this idea that you're being conscious in... In how you can express yourself, yeah, okay. which I think is is hard. You know, I don't know. I've only ever lived in the nineties and the two thousands, so I don't know. But um, and the eighties a bit. I was going to say you're not that young. <laughs> you know how? Where is that space? Like, where's that space to be? Like, I'm really angry. Like, I'm really cross. Like, yeah. I really need to express this. Like, you know. And I think, especially, you know, especially the myth of motherhood constrains people so much and this idea that you have to be like perfect and um, womanhood I guess this idea that you have to be this perfect person that you're not hysterical that you control yeah um don't you have to give birth silently in silent oh my god yes as well. yeah. so um apparently Tom Cruise 
made Katie Holmes, our fave, have a silent bear. Fine. So this article is really good. We'll link this as well because it's really interesting. And I just thought this was a fascinating read. And it talks about cultures like Hakka in mm-hmm. Maori traditions. Um and the idea of sort of using sound and using that as a sort of therapeutic outlet, I thought yeah. was fascinating. I mean, screaming into a pillow is not going to do anyone any harm, is it? It makes you feel better. Yeah. Maybe just warn your neighbours or something. <laughs> yeah. Although I then did see another article on The Guardian. But it seems to just be The Guardian. Yeah, you've been looking at The Guardian a lot, haven't you? <laughs> Said right. There was another one saying there's little evidence. But look, I don't... I actually think with some of this stuff, it doesn't really matter I think, to some extent. Yeah, I think we... It's good to look at the evidence and we, we've we been trying to do that, to look at evidence, but also, like, there's not good. evidence for everything, is there? And, and also whatever works within reason. And I think, like, sound baths, as far as I can see, are fairly innocuous. Like, you're probably not going to do anyone any damage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, as long as you're in a, a safe space, you're not going in with, like, super unrealistic expectations yeah giving yourself the chance to just unwind try it you might like it you might not but i think yeah they they sound good uh, yeah i don't know if there's any like medical implications if you have pregnancy or epilepsy or i don't know if i mean i know like with pregnancy you just need to manage to do anything <laughs> i think you can do sound baths but you just have some like you shouldn't obviously be lying on your back for like a long period of yeah. time when you're in your like later in your pregnancy so you can but you can just modify that by lying on your side yeah i think of all the things I'm trying to think of all the things that we've talked about i think of most of the things at least that we've talked about being in a space with some nice sounds for an hour possibly having a snooze yeah is is pretty good yeah totally totally i agree and i think we were prepared to like not think this but it does feel like is an is a nice practice yeah and there's some evidence and i i went into this skeptical as i say and, and really enjoyed it and i would totally do it again so it's a yes from me I guess the only downside, really, that we've discussed about is is the possible cultural appropriation. appropriation. But that's always a, a difficult space to navigate. And I would be interested to hear what anyone else thinks about that or if anyone has any different perspectives on that. Yeah, me too. Let us know. Yeah. Get in touch. Come and say hi. Come say hi. It's a selfie development pod on Instagram. Yeah, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Selfie Development with Katie and Annabelle. For more updates, come and follow us at Selfie Development Pod on Instagram. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. This podcast was recorded at Everybody's Studio in Oxford. Thanks to Nick and Matt at Story94 for editing and production.